That's right, folks. It is time for another episode of Model Railroad Talk. And as always, I am your host, The Bandit. Um, today we got um, a couple things, a couple, um, yeah, things we're going to talk about. Um, one about using um, electrical slide switches, um, the 12-volt kind. Uh, to control your turnouts and locomotive upgrade, maintenance, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, this should be a very, very informative uh, podcast episode. So stick around. We'll be right back. All right, folks. Yes, we have made it to episode 10. Um, doesn't sound like much. Only 10 episodes. Yeah, you know. But for us, that is um, a little milestone. <clears throat> We've been getting um, great feedback, great numbers, if you will, as far as uh, listeners and new listeners um, for our podcast. And seems like it's growing fairly quickly um and that's good um all we're trying to do here is just uh get the name of model railroading out and how great the hobby is and help help those that are you know needing help it doesn't matter if you're thinking about getting into this new into this or been doing it for years let's just say everybody at some time in their life uh, especially with this hobby you know sometimes you need help um, or you see a new idea or hear a new idea. So that's what we're here to do is just try to help you open your mind and, and learn some new things or new techniques or, you know, or for some of you, maybe just listen to me ramble because I say stupid stuff sometimes. So, um, that's, that's the way of life folks. So today, <clears throat> excuse me, folks, I'm trying to keep my throat cleared. I don't know why it's acting up today, but it is. So. Um, so as we said in our intro, um, we will be discussing, uh, using electrical side slide. Can't talk today either. Apparently, um, we will be talking about using electrical slide switches, um, for turnout throws, um, and locomotive maintenance upgrade, depending on how you're looking at it. Um, um, the, Locomotive maintenance one came from um, our now good friend Mike Mike W, um, who's been emailing us. Um, the last email he sent us, um, he had uh, thrown out a couple things in there, and and this was one of them. Um, and this may be good for you, Mike, if you're listening. Here's you know maybe some ideas, but um, a lot of people don't think about uh, you know you the you buy that new locomotive, it's brand new, right? Just like you buy a brand new car, you shouldn't have to do anything. Well, technically no, but you know, um, there are a few things you can do to help make it perform better and make like, say the gears and such last longer. So we'll dive into that. Um, after we, um, discuss the electrical slide switches for turnout throws. Um, 
as far as using those, that's not necessarily anything that I guess, in my opinion, uh, you need to worry about if you are in the beginning stages of say doing your bench work, um, you know, laying track or whatever. Um, the only thing I will suggest with this, um, way of controlling your turnouts, um, is just like, like using like the, if you're going to use like manual ground throws, like the caboose industries or whatever, um, you know, make sure you have enough space. And this goes with anything. Um, when you're laying your turnouts down next to other tracks, um, make sure you have, um, a new or enough, um, space, you know, so you can have a ground throw. Um, they don't take up any more space than the, well, I guess it depends on which slide switches you get. I get the little micro ones where they're maybe, oh, quarter inch wide by half inch long um, are the ones I use. And um, I use double pull, double throw, just so I have the options um, for wiring. But um, this is something that I saw. Oh, I don't remember where I seen it at the idea. Um, it was in a video. Um, it could have been one of Alan Keller, uh, great model railroad videos or just something I seen online, like on trains.com or something like that. But, um, um, I got to thinking about it and, you know, as many of you know, I am in the building starting stages, whatever of my railroad. And in fact, side note, um, if, you would like to see like some video updates of it. I don't do them all the time, but I'm, I'm going to try to plan on doing them once a week with, uh, once I get past the next month here, cause I'm busy outside of the podcast and work. So, um, but I'm going to try to get an update once a week if there is something to update about. Um, but I, we have created a model railroad talk, TikTok account. And since, I have done that and I posted our first video, um, which was, uh, some of you may or may not have seen. Um, and then, um, I posted here last, I don't know, I think it was Sunday, um, basically four days ago. Um, another, it was just an update and talk uh, update on the layout and talking about, you know, what this podcast is just so we can try to get this out, the word out more. And I got good results from it. And I know, um, I had, I've had people, a few people reach out to me because I showed in that video, it was only like a three, three and a half minute video, but I showed the, um, using the slide switches for turnout control. And I had a few people reach out to me, um, one-on-one or individually, however you want to term it. And, you know, asking some questions about it. And yeah, so it goes back to, I've seen this concept a long time ago. I'm not saying this is a new concept, folks, by no means. Um, pretty much everything we talk about on this podcast is, I'm, I guarantee you, has been done. Um, whether it's been um, in the main mainstream media, if you will, the, you know, Model Railroad or, or, or RMC or one of them magazines or videos, but um, some of this stuff you may not have ever thought of or heard about because it never made it to made mainstream model railroading media, you know? So, um, but basically 
it it like the reason why I am going to switch to this because building this current layout, I had uh, purchased a I think it was a five pack of Caboose Industry ground throws, and don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with the ground throws. Um, my uh, previous layout, um, I ran the Caboose Industry ground throws, manual ground throws, um, on my layout in the yards, um, sightings, stuff like that. And, uh, I, but on my main line, I ran, um, the tortoise slow motion switch machines because that's how I, long story short, um, the dispatcher would, if, if a train was going into an industry or a yard or whatever, do switching in a town, they would throw the switch and then um, the person going in then can go in and control the, you know, the, the turnouts and stuff manually that was switching that town or whatever without having to contact the dispatcher all the time. But they had to at least contact the dispatcher to get the, the main line switch thrown to get them into the junction, we'll call it, you know. And I liked it because it was we could do the best of both worlds with um you know having a dispatcher and a dispatcher control um besides just okay you know keeping track of where the trains went and stuff like that um but it also gave the operators the you know instead of just going in okay i'm switching cars here and moving on it gave them the um oh the the ability or the feeling whatever you want to call it i don't remember how some of them termed it but it gives them the extra element of realism i guess is what more or less what was always said so but like i said i'm not cutting down by no means i actually like the caboose industry ground throws i think they're a great ground throw um but i had some of these 12 volt side switches laying around that i had from that railroad 12 15 years ago they were in the bottom of a box and and I was like with this layout, I'm trying to think, okay, do I want to do tortoise or slow motion switch machine, stuff like that. I basically came to the, the uh, in my mind, the idea, since I'm going to have a second level and those switch machines, the tortoise ones, they hang down so low, um, you know, because they're taller. They're, I mean, I, without measuring, I want to say they're, four to six inches, probably four inches, like it, when you mount to the bottom of the railroad without having to do any kind of blocking or anything, they're like four inches. Well, my upper deck is going to be built out of two by threes, you know, with half inch plywood. Well, that's going to stick down a little bit, you know? And so I'm trying to minimize how far down from that upper level things are hanging. So I'm like, all right. So I kind of decided I don't want to do that. But then I'm like, I also don't want um, a whole bunch of toggle switches on the fascia, you know, for, um, uh, you know, uh, lights, you know, as far as uh, uh, railroad, you know, your green and red and go, you know, um, control lights. I'm drawing a blank. This is, folks, I'm recording this at 7 a.m. on my uh day off so normally i'm trying to sleep in but anyways 
Um, so I'm sitting there like, well, the switch machines are out because I don't want them hanging down, which the tortoise ones you can set up to where if you flip it, it'll change the lights on like the mainline lights. You know, you can have it set up to change the lights however you want because it's got the built-in um, switches. So where I, and I know you can buy Caboose, Caboose Industries makes a ground throw, manual ground throw that has, I want to say it's a single throw, um, or it's, I'm sorry, it's a single pull. So basically you can control a light, you know, you have your center and then you have your two outside ones. I, I know they make one like that, but A, they're very expensive or not, I guess not very, but I mean, last time I checked, I want to say they're like for maybe a two pack, they're like 10 or 12 bucks, <clears throat> which if that's what you want to go with, like I said, I am not cutting it down, you know, more power to you. But for somebody like me that I have a limited budget with my railroad, just like a lot of you out there listening, um, these switches, yes, I've had them for years, but I've also looked and I found on say like Amazon, I can get, um, I don't remember without looking up, but I want to say it's like a, I want to say it's like a 25 or a 50 pack of these, uh, slide switches. Um, they're granted they're single pull, single throw, but I can get a 25 pack of them for, I mean, like 10 bucks. And you know, you, you, the process of getting them put in, yeah, it's a little more in depth, but the wiring is simple, you know, I mean, and you can, if you want to control two lights, which I'm the way I'm going to have my, uh, my lighting, my tower lights, light towers, wherever you want to call them, mainline lights set up. Yeah, some places I'm going to need a double pull, double throw. Other places I'm good with the single or double double throw, single pull, or however they word that. You know what I mean? Um, I only need to control one light. But so it going back, I'm trying to think how can I do this for the upper deck, but I want it the same between the upper and the lower deck. And so it came to these switches. Um, and as long as the switch, all I can tell you folks is as long as the switch has enough tension that it can hold, it can be done. So I, it, the first couple I had, and I'm going to tell you right now, folks, there's, you're going to have to experiment on your railroad. Um, a, if I'm using plywood, um, just so you know, I'm using half inch plywood. Um, and then I've got, uh, Woodland Scenics, their foam, uh, roadbed is what I'm using. So as far as the foam roadbed, that really doesn't, uh, if you, whether you're using that homoso, um, or cork roadbed, I don't think that really has any play or will have any play into it. The biggest thing for using these, I will tell you, if you're using like, uh, the pink or blue foam, um, you are going to have to figure out a way to ensure that switch is very solid um what i do on mine is i basically draw out you know trace around the outside of the switch on top of the plywood and then i had i found a drill bit that was just slightly smaller than the width of it you know and i would drill the two holes and then i actually took my uh oh i'm bad with it what are they you know the exacto blades that are they're just like a chisel in a sense um I take one of those and I start basically whittling it away and I can have it. I can have one installed from start to finish, no wiring, but connected. 
um, I want to say in about 10 minutes, but, um, you know, and then I, I whittle it away until it is like, I can slide that switch in there. Um, and it'll hold without, um, any adhesive or anything. Um, and then, so that's where you, if you are using foam or anything other than something solid, like any kind of wood, you know, plywood, um, I guess, I don't know what else a person would use, but, um, you know, that's the one, I guess, negative to doing this is you have to find a way to make sure that switch stays solid in whatever you're mounting it to. But then I just use, um, oh, I went to a local hardware store and I got a, it was a bundle of, I think it was five or six pieces of piano wire. Um, and the gauge really doesn't matter because like I'm using really, really thin stuff. Um, I actually bought it because someday, um, um, I'm going to be, uh, upgrading my rail cars, my locomotives, and I'm going to be, uh, you know, like the handrails and stuff. So that's why ultimately I bought this. So when I started doing the, the whole thing of, okay, well, I'm going to put these switches in, what am I going to use to connect them to the turnouts? And so I'm like, well, I tried, tried that on the first two. And even though I'm using, and I can't even tell you, I want to say it's, let's just say it's thin. This wire is thin enough that it can be used as grips probably on end scale as well, or, you know, or handrails on end scale. So, but using the piano wire or music wire, whatever they want to call it, it's solid enough that it doesn't bend or flex or, and, and I found, you know, I get it installed and I'm not going to go into every detail of installing it because, you know, um, you know, like you have to make sure the switch and your, your points on the turnout are on the same way. And then basically I drill a hole in the slide switch, just barely bigger than whatever diameter the wire is. And then I do the same, um, um, on the, on the turnout point slide rod or whatever you want to call it and take a pair of small pliers and bend it and, you know, form it and put it in there. And I'm not using any adhesive. Um, I'm not using anything like that to it's cause I don't want it permanent. So if something happens, I can take it out. Um, but I will say, uh, if you are on TikTok, look us up model railroad talk on TikTok. Um, there is a video it was the, actually the second video we did. And I kind of show that, um, if any of you would like, um, say pictures, um, reach out to us model railroad talk at gmail.com or you can go to our website model uh, railroad talk dot uh, com or you can reach out through us uh, well if you're Spotify you can reach out through us through here um, reach out to us through some of the platforms um, we are not we don't know actually we don't know 100% of the platforms we're on because we just know the big name ones that we have submitted to and whatnot so they have sub platforms that they send out. So if you don't hear back from us, say within, you know, three or four days, just send us an email direct model railroad talk at gmail.com. Um, cause it, it, right now it's just me. And, uh, um, once in a while we, yeah, we have Robert on and, um, until, um, this podcast gets a little bigger and we can maybe hopefully get at least another person to help monitor that stuff. Um, it's just me folks. So I sometimes miss things or I, I can't get to everything at once. So, um, 
Um, so yeah, um, just get a hold of us. I'd be more than happy to take some pictures or shoot a little video, you know, more in depth video on that subject and, um, send it to you. So, um, I think that's probably good about that. Um, as far as the podcast, I'm going to go back a little bit here. Um, like what I said uh, that we've been getting great, um, this podcast been growing. Um, really well considering i mean not for for me um i feel it's been growing really well i mean we're in like looking at the analytics we're actually um have shoot I, i'm guessing without counting 10 or 12 countries now of people that have listened to this and um and it's all because of you guys we thank you um we uh i do want to say that um we now have the option at the bottom of each episode. Um, you can click on there if you're on Spotify, that is. And, and if you're not on Spotify, if you uh, at the bottom of each, the description of each episode, there is a link um, that will take you to uh, our Spotify page or whatever. If you would like to support us, a um, couple, I think two or three different options um, to be able to support us. Um, like I said, if, if um, the support helps, well, will help um a upgrade you know like i already know right now we're probably gonna have to upgrade mics already again um upgrade the mixer um and then once we get past that initial upgrade stage the whole my whole plan is to be able to take those funds purchase something for a review we do a review on it and then we do a giveaway for those that are supporting members you know those that are you know, sending the 99 cents or 2.99 or whatever the options are like through the Spotify, or if you're on Patreon, um, if you're a Patreon supporter, um, for three bucks a month, you know, same thing, you know, that gets you actually through Patreon gets you, um, like this episode we're recording right now, it will be ready within 24 hours rather than having to wait until our, um, regular schedule release date of, of Saturday mornings. So, um, but, you know, that's our plan is, is to be able to have that kind of thing where we can eventually give back. So we would have contests for our supporting members or Patreon members, you know, um, you know, let's just say we we take those funds and buy a locomotive. What, it doesn't matter. In scale, HO, we'll do whatever. Um, and um, we'll do a review on them and then, you know, we'll put it up for um you know, uh, a contest and you guys, it'll be probably one of them things. We don't have the details worked out, but you know, if you're interested in it, you'll reach out to us. I will get that figured out and we'll put you in the drawing and you know, that's it. You know, I mean, um, I believe that, you know, if you get those that support us with your month monthly contributions, you should get something back. Um, eventually we are going to be doing apparel, we do have a link um, on our Facebook page and our Patreon page, which our Patreon page is, uh, this link is public um, for t-shirts, but that's a limited time um, t-shirt um, kind of fundraiser kind of thing. Um, you can go there, order your shirt. Um, I don't remember what percentage we get of that shirt, but, um, but eventually we're going to try to make it, you know, where we have stickers and all that good stuff. And, you know, we, you know, we're, we're trying to build this, uh, podcast. So it's not just a podcast you listen to day in and day out. 
it's it's something that is interactive that's what we're trying to go for is an interactive kind of podcast just like you know we're we're looking into figuring out videos and how we want to coordinate those with uh doing the podcast you know that you're listening to right now so um you know your support does make a difference makes it uh more um are just better for listening experience and overall experience with us here at the podcast and you, our listeners. So anyways, um, we'll move on from there. Um, we're going to start before our break because we got uh, we, we got a few minutes left before uh, we're going to take our break here. Um, locomotive maintenance. So we, in the email, uh, Mike W., um, last one, he actually... Um, this is actually a good um, good example. He had an N-scale locomotive. I do not remember. He said he uh, bought it or it was given to him. But anyways, he's had it for several years, um, probably more. And he says it runs, but doesn't run the greatest, so on and so forth. So um, as far as locomotive maintenance, there's a few things that, and my and now folks these this is my all this is basically i'm going to tell you what i do with my locomotives um this is just my opinion this is um you know the, i'm not saying my way is the only way like like we tell you this is non-judgmental podcast um i'm just telling you what i do um so the generally speaking the first thing i do when i get a locomotive i don't care if it's new used um and most of you already know this clean the wheels um, I clean the wheels. I, I've got um, from a former, I, I had a graphics business before, uh, vinyl graphics. So I've still got leftover um, rubbing alcohol. Well, it's basically isopropyl alcohol. Um, and it's good concentrated stuff. It's 99%. So it's potent. But I use that. Um, I'll put some, some of that alcohol on a paper towel. Um, I generally do this on my, um, on my engine. I've got two engine spurs on my layout, one of which is also my programming track that I have a, a switch in there for that. So that's the track I generally do this on. Um, but I'll take a, a piece of paper towel and, you know, uh, wet it down with the alcohol and I'll crank the throttle all the way up, leave one set of ra uh, uh, one truck on the rails. Obviously it needs power, but then I'll let it roll and I'll have it roll in both directions on the paper towel on one, on one set or one side. And I'm not doing it forever. Um, folks, I I'm doing it, you know, I mean, probably 10 seconds, 15 seconds, and then, um, I'll do 10 or 15 seconds in the opposite direction. So forward and then reverse, and then I'll, I'll physically pick up the locomotive, spin it around and do the same thing with the other set of trucks. So that's generally the first thing I do period, um, is clean those trucks or the wheel sets and stuff. Um, cause we all know clean wheels, um, can make or break and so, well, and clean rails as well, but we're not talking about, uh, layout maintenance. We're talking about locomotive maintenance. So the next thing I do is whatever you establish on your layout, that's going to be a standard for say like couplers, um, like me, I'm running, um, I have a few on there now I need to get switched over, but I'm running KD number 58s. Um, some of them I am running the, uh, I want to say they're the 119s. I think they are the, the scale, 
shelf couplers, and I generally cut the top shelf off because um, that's kind of how I'm prototype or, or modeling. Um, I'm freelance. If this is your first episode, my layout is a freelance railroad, but I take portions of the prototype and I model it um, how I see fit. Because guess what? It's my railroad, just like your railroad is your railroad. And nobody can tell you any different, you know. Um, so now getting into the performance, we've already talked, we've already stated clean, 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 clean wheels. Um, and honestly, the more you run your railroad, folks, the the cleaner your wheels and track and stuff will actually stay, um, especially on the locomotives. Your cars will be the things that pick up the dirt because there's not that electrical contact. There's not that um, drive, you know, uh, not that that tight pulling connection, I guess, for lack of a better term, like that's on the locomotive. So your locomotive wheels will not get as dirty as fast as your rail cars will. The rail cars are, in a sense, magnets for the dirt. So you have to keep those clean and that will get into a whole, well, that's a whole nother, um, partially a whole nother subject. So we'll get into that another time. But um, so, you know, then I go on, like I said, to the couplers, I switch those out. Um, but most of the time, not all, but most locomotives, the reason why I say that, bring that about the couplers is because most, a lot of locomotives, we'll say it that way, um, you have to take the coupler, uh, the draft gear boxes and stuff off in order to get the shell of the locomotive off. So, um, so that's what I do. I, I get to that point. I get that stuff off. I get the locomotive shell off. And, um, and then from there, I do a few things under the hood. So we are going to take a break. And then when we come back from break, we are going to discuss, or I'm going to, I guess I'm going to let, I can fill you in, whatever, <laughs> uh, of what I do um, under the hood um, for upgrade um, or better performance maintenance, whatever you want to call it. So, um, stick around and we will be back shortly. Are you enjoying our podcast? Great. Um, we couldn't do this without you listeners and all your feedback and, um, obviously sharing this podcast. Um, if you would like to support us, um, you can, uh, go to patreon.com. Um, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and become a supporter for just $3 a month. There's no added fees um, on your end, um, none of that. Um, you will have access to every episode at minimum one week ahead of time. Um, we generally upload 24 hours after we record it. Um, there's some uh, videos that we put on there, just update videos um, of our the Model Railroad Talk uh, layout. And we're looking at adding some more stuff to it. Um, but yeah, just $3 a month. Um, that's all it is. Um, you can also, if you, if you don't know Patreon or you, you don't want to join another platform through Spotify here, um, at the bottom of our description um, of each episode, you click on that link that will take you to a Spotify um, supporter page, I guess is the best way to put it. And it allows you three different support levels. Um, and you, it all safely through uh, uh, Spotify. And the other last thing you could do, um, we do have a Model Railroad Talk uh, PayPal account, which is modelrailroadtalk at gmail.com. 
if you would like to just make like a one-time donation rather than um, um, a monthly, that's perfectly fine. We use your uh, use your uh, gener generous support for upgrading equipment, um, and maintaining equipment mainly right now. And um, but also at, once we get enough uh, support built up, um, we're going to start doing uh, purchasing items for reviews, and then we will in turn start having um, contests, whatever uh, drawings. Uh, so you, as our supporter, um, have a chance at winning, um, something we review. So thank you for your support and, um, keep listening. All right. We are back from our break. Um, so getting back to what we were discussing locomotive maintenance upgrade however you want to word it um we've already discussed the first thing we do is you know clean the wheels um then uh we you know decide okay are we going to what we're going to do for our standard or you know when we go to put the locomotive back together you know for couplers or you know if if and when we get to this point when you uh, what we're going to discuss next under the hood, we'll call it. Um, you need to decide, kind of decide ahead of time before you even waste your time cleaning your wheels. Are you going to upgrade your locomotive wheels? Um, I know a lot of advanced, we'll call them advanced modelers, um, will like say an Athern, just a regular Athern blue box locomotive. You can actually make an Atherin Blue Box locomotive run really, really well. Um, a lot of advanced modelers, which I am planning on doing with uh, my Blue Box um, down the road, um, is they will upgrade the wheels, the your drive wheels and stuff on there. Um, you know, like Northwest Short Line, they make excellent, excellent scale wheels. Um, doesn't affect your... Um, operation as far as going through turnouts and staying on the track but you get a better wheel set um it's better quality better made it's actually going well i guess going back on what i say and i'll correct my what my statement before you will get a better performing it will roll actually better over your track and stuff so um you need to think about that ahead of time um because if you're going to do that get your parts ready because you're going to be tearing the hood apart or your locomotive apart for, um, to some degree. Um, and, uh, you know, so if you're going to do that, you already got the locomotive apart. You might as well have the parts and just change them out. So we're back to take, we'll take the hood off and we'll use the Atherin blue box, um, locomotive as an example, just cause, um, there's so many different locomotives out there, um, and manufacturers and the way they run their gears and, and their, um, you know, their drive shafts and stuff like that. It's hard to touch on all of them, but I think for the most part, everybody understands how Atherin does their blue box. So well, the concepts, the same folks, whether it's uh, Atherin, Atherin Genesis, you know, Broadway limited, uh, Cotto, you know, these concepts are all pretty much the same. So what I do is after the hood's off, um, I will actually disassemble the, um, 
trucks or wheels, whatever you want to call it, drive wheels, by taking the, like the tower off. There's a cover that goes over the tower. It's got like a worm gear in there and regular gears. Um, and I'll take the drive shafts off. Um, and I'll actually drop the, um, the, the wheels, the, the trucks out from the locomotive. Um, and I do this before I even install DCC. So like on an Atherm blue box, they have that little on each truck, they have that, uh, little band that comes up and, you know, it's a connection point for power. I actually cut that off because, um, I learned this from, uh, Bruce Carpenter in one of Alan Keller videos. I think it was at 42 last episode. We actually talked about his video. Um, but he cuts them off because they actually, they do interfere with the, if you have a narrow, you know, the narrow body, uh, most locomotives that interferes, it hits the side. So if you cut them off and then solder wires to them, a, you're going to get a better connection than that band or whatever Atherin's doing now. Um, but B your, your trucks are going to have a little more movement side or, you know, uh, turn movement for a little bit tighter radiuses, but they're just gonna, you don't have to worry about, um, those hitting the sides and letting sound and stuff out. So I'll disassemble all that. And then I'll actually, um, to start out like in my case where I'm not upgrading my wheels, wheel sets right now, I will actually take the, uh, the gears and I'll use some white lithium grease. And I'll just put a little shot into the wheels. You don't want to put too much, folks, because A, it'll start, um, it could start, depending on the temperature of where your railroad's at, it could start seeping out and start leaching into other parts. But um, you also got to make sure this your, the grease is plastic compatible because there is grease, uh, white grease out there that looks just like lithium grease, um, but it's not, and it's not plastic compatible. So what it'll do is, even though this doesn't may not sound right, but it will actually dry out the plastic. It'll pull the moisture, whatever chemical, whatever it is, and the that they use to make that plastic, and it'll make it brittle. And then now you're busting teeth off gears or whatnot, and it's and then you're back. Now you're back to um, having a locomotive that doesn't run well or run at all. So make sure it's a plastic compatible. Um, I, I use, uh, white lithium grease. I actually found one through, I'm a truck mechanic, semi-mechanic through one of our dealers or suppliers. I actually found one through them, which it's, it's, it's a cost about the same size, but a bottle that's about 30 times bigger than the label. I am no way cutting down label grease. Um, that's probably if you're unsure and you don't have access to, say like, uh, like I do to a place I can get it more or less, we'll call it in bulk. Um, stick with the label. It's if you're unsure and you don't, and, and, and if you can't get anybody or the website or the company can't tell you if it's plastic battle or not stick with the label, um, because they make their stuff for model railroading. But, um, I'll, uh, get a thin, uh, I don't want to say a thin layer. You need enough grease in those gears in the, in the, in your trucks that it's going to carry around in a, a very thin coat around each gear. Basically, um, if you only give it just a little dab and it doesn't spread right, you're going to notice that in 
um, lurching, I guess is the best way you'll see your locomotive going and it could potentially lurch because if, if, if it's only, you only have the grease in say a couple spots on each gear. And when it hits where the grease is, it's going to roll smoothly. But then when it gets the other, you're not going to get it. Eventually it will work out, but if you don't have enough, um, it'll take a long time. And in the meantime, you could be wearing on gears. If you have too much, it'll leach out, leach into other parts. Um, so I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you put, you know, quarter of an ounce. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I just do it by look. Basically, with those with those trucks out, I'll put a little dab in and I'll actually roll the truck on my, I've got a uh, one of those self-healing mats. I'll roll it back and forth um, on that until, um, and then I'll add a little bit as needed until I get a nice thin coat around each gear inside that truck. Um, so once that's done, um, I do that to both trucks. Um, and like I said, I, like, uh, and we're talking blue box here, after and blue box. And after I, um, cut that little metal bar off and I solder, um, a, a wire to each one of those. Um, now the, we're not going to get into like the gauge of the wire I use and stuff like that, because that would be another episode that kind of gets into powering your locomotive, whether you're DC or DCC, but if you're DC, I recommend doing that too. Um, better connections folks. Um, so the next thing I do is, um, I put the trucks back in and we're just for this, for argument's sake, folks, we'll just talk about, uh, you know, we're going to stay straight DC. We're not going to talk about decoder and stuff like that. So we'll, I'll set the trucks back into the frame. And then, um, as I'm assembling the drive shaft and, um, and, and hooking the drive shaft from the motor back up to the, the trucks. Um, so you'll put your worm gear, which is on top of the bot or on top of the trucks there. Um, you know, the, right under that cover you took off, I'll put that back in and on the worm gear itself, I'll put just a very, very, and I mean, very like, I don't know, probably if I had to say the, uh, the amount of a, uh, the tip of a ballpoint pen, just a little tiny drop of that, that white lithium grease on the worm gear. Um, once I get it set in there, um, because I don't want to have it completely full, a, it'll be squeezing out. Like we talked with your trucks, it'll leach out and it makes a mess. Um, but also on those atherns, they have a square piece on the front and square piece on the back. That's in a sense of bearing. Now that I will use, um, like LaBelle has, I don't know the LaBelle numbers, like 107 or anything like that, but LaBelle has, uh, an oil. And I'll just put a small drop of oil on each side of that. And then I'll put the cover back on. And once I do that, I'll actually take, without hooking the drive shaft up or anything, by, like I said, this is just sitting back in the frame. I'll take the end of that and I'll spin it by hand a little bit just to kind of work it in. Now, um, for your drive shaft, I, I put a little bit of the white lithium grease, just a small squirt in each end where that drive shaft goes into the uh, U-joints on either side, both on the tr truck side and the motor side. What that does is that helps, I don't wanna say solidify, but um, 
it makes that connection where your drive shaft goes into the u-joints um a little tighter um but it being a lube you know the white lithium grease it allows it to flex in and out so that will a give you a little bit better running because you don't have any kind of play in there but b um it'll help quiet things down because that grease will actually absorb some of the sound that you get from especially like the blue box um and i'm not cutting blue box down i like them um they're a very economical way to get into model railroading and with a little bit of work you can have a great locomotive you know so um so yeah i put a little bit of grease in each end of the u-joints where the drive shaft goes in so i'll do that and then um and that's on both trucks the other thing i'll do is i'll go back to the um oil and i'll put a drop of oil um like where the the drive shaft comes out of the motor and most of them have flywheels I'll, you know i'll put it on that drive shaft just before the flywheel um just a just a drop because there's in a sense a little bearing there on both sides um so we get the you do all that lube basically lube any spot that will be spinning um if it's going to be like a gear or something that's um not like a high rate of speed use like a white lithium grease if it's going to be um you know like where your bearings are are and stuff like that use uh like LaBelle, like i said i don't know the lapel numbers um but like a an oil is what you're going to want um so after i do that before i put the shell back on i will actually take um you like i use i have some stuff here um it's like a it's like a foam i get it um at my full-time job once in a while when i'm installing um certain parts um they'll be extra so it's like a thin foam it's basically about the thickness of that uh oh that what do they call it plastic uh packing foam you know it comes on a roll and it's just like i don't know it's maybe a 16th of an inch thick you know they'll use it to like wrap around something to kind of protect it from moisture and getting scratched and stuff and then they'll put it in the box that kind of thing um you can use something like that um, but i'll cut a little strip that will go from one side all the way across the top of that motor down to the other side and once again this is something i learned from uh watching uh bruce carpenter uh, or alan keller's great model railroads I'm pretty sure it's volume 42 of bruce carpenter um but you put that around there and that'll help quiet that motor yeah that locomotive up because atherns have a tendency to be a little louder and you can hear the motor as it's as you're running it um and then basically you, you just reassemble the locomotive um if you're hat now that's my process for say a brand new locomotive coming out of the box or say um i purchase a used one that's barely been used or whatever you know a newer used locomotive that's what i do if you have a locomotive that say um like mike uh, explained in his email that it, it doesn't run the greatest um only thing i can tell you as far as an extra step um on top of what we just talked about which what we talked about would be in a sense on the reassembly process in this case is pull your pull your gears out 
pull your, you know, your U joints or any kind of connection points, drive shafts, depending on what the locomotive is. Um, and I also just describe for, for diesels, not steam locomotives. Um, but pull anywhere you have gears out, clean them up, take a toothbrush. Um, if you have like, actually, if you have an ultrasonic cleaner, um, those work extremely well. I had one years ago on my old railroad and I would actually, uh, wheel sets and stuff like that. I would, uh, I had a schedule for certain locomotives and cars and, you know, every, uh, like basically once a month I would take X cars and locomotives, pull their wheel sets off, drop them in this ultrasonic cleaner, 10, 15 minutes, and then reassemble them. And it did excellent for cleaning the gunk off the wheels and, and gears and stuff. But, um, but going back, you know, you can take a toothbrush, um, with, um, water with, uh, like dishwashing detergent and just clean up your gears, clean up your gearboxes, um, clean anywhere that gunk can get built up inside the best you can inside. If you have U joints with a drive shaft inside where that drive shaft goes in, clean that up. Um, and then, and only then once you are in the, uh, re building stage or putting it back together stage that's where you go in and use like the white lithium grease plastic compatible folks make sure it's plastic compatible and the uh oil and now the oil we're not talking like engine oil we're talking like a uh a, a more or less a hobby oil the all-in-one oils that you can buy from um you know the hardware store that i know when i was a kid i remember my dad always had a can of it and it lasted forever it was like an all-in-one oil that uh was in like a metal can and it had just a little stubby point on it for the spout i wouldn't go with a, an all-in-one all-in-one oil either because that that's granted they're all petroleum based but that's more towards um like a motor oil or transmission oil kind of thing stick with the clear very fine molecule um if that makes sense um lubes because those are designed for more delicate stuff so there again if you're unsure go with labelle i used labelle back in in the day and you can't go wrong but um now it i will flip here too if you are if you if you're if you have a steam locomotive all your like on the wheels you have your push rods and all that stuff right that's where you would take this uh, hobby oil we'll just call it hobby oil and just put a very small drop on each point that moves um the piston rod that goes in just put a small drop there as well um and you know once you put these on this drops on um I, I should say after you get the locomotive back together and this would be more geared towards steam locomotives um go ahead and run it a little bit you know i mean do that with the diesels but the steam locomotive, put it on the on the track, run it. You know, you don't have to run it like all day, you know, for six hours or nothing. But put it on there. Let it make sure every gear gets around, you know, half a dozen, dozen times. And then um, and then once you do that, after you've oiled the outside and you've ran it and got that oil worked in, then if need be, I mean, I do this with my, I've got a Broadway Limited 484. I do this with this. Um, I'll go back with like, say a microfiber or, or, uh, depending on how delicate the part is or how small it is, um, even just a straight old piece of paper towel and go in and just kind of blot up if there's spots where maybe there's a little excess of oil, 
because you don't want that dripping down onto your track. Um, and especially if it's our, you know, if you have a scenic track already, you know, with um, roadbed or I'm sorry, ballast and stuff, you don't want to take a chance of, you know, messing up the ballast and, you know, um, but then, yeah, just, and, and after you do all this upgrade, uh, maintenance, whatever you want to call it, um, realize you may notice a better performance immediately, but you have to let the gears, um, drive shaft, whatnot, you have to let it kind of work its way in. So now, mind you, it's going to get to a point where it's not going to get any better. I mean, this is what it is. Um, but, you know, run it, you know, after maybe two or three times of running, you should notice a little better performance out of it. Um, even at the very least, like my Broadway Limited I got, it sat in a box for years and years. I mean, I, I'm i going to say it probably sat in a box for, well, 15 years. And, um, you know, I pulled out of the box did my maintenance stuff. And the, the one thing I did forget, um, at that point, which I took care of already, um, was like the throw rods and the pistons and stuff that are on the wheels. Cause as soon as I got done doing my maintenance in interior maintenance, under the hood maintenance, I set it on the track and, and heard a squeak. And I'm like, what in the world is that? Well, as soon as I lubed up your, the, all the workings on the wheels, you know, drive wheels, it went away. So all right, so if you have any questions, um, get a hold of us, modelrailroadtalk at gmail.com or our website, www.modelrailroadtalk.com, or you can reach out to us through the platforms. Um, we are, um, main, we, we do this podcast on Spotify, so, um, you know, if you can, you have access to Spotify, reach out to us through there. Um, if you're not on Spotify, your best bet's probably just shoot us an email. We don't spam you. Um, we don't believe in that. We don't like it when we get spam, so we're not going to pass that on to you. Um, but we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, thank you all of our listeners. Um, the, the growth we've been seeing is amazing. Um, like we've said before in other episodes, you know, we are uh, that growth, that interaction, the comments, um, the questions, the emails, all that stuff. That's what helps drive us to continue with this and try to come up with not the content so much because there's plenty of content. It, folks, it's it's model railroading. There's more than enough content. Um, but it helps us try to come up with this content and present it is a better way to put it in a, in a different way, a better way, you know, an understandable way. And we get, you know, some people, you know, eh, let's face it. Like when I train got new guys at work, there's some, some guys that they have to read a book in order to understand how this component on this truck works. There's other guys. Um, well, like a guy I'm training right now, you know, I, I kind of show him what needs to be done and he learns by actually getting right in there and doing it. So and that's kind of the way we are with this. Our, our philosophy is with this podcast is, you know, we're going to present you with the info and, you know, um, you know, let's face it. Most model railroaders anyway are jump right in there and get your hands dirty. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. And if you guys like, like we've said before, if you guys would like to support us, 
at the bottom of all of our episode in the description, the bottom of the description, there is a link that will take you to um, um, our our page or sorry, not Patreon, our um, Spotify page. That if you'd like to donate um, or become a member and be able to, you know, you want to uh, help us grow this, um, we really appreciate it. Um, right now, we don't have a lot of special perks, but as time goes on, we will have more because we, we we definitely want to give you something back for supporting us outside of us talking on this for, you know, 45, 50 minutes, whatever it usually is for these episodes. Um, but then um, so, yeah, you can you can do that right through Spotify. Um, and then uh, we do have the Patreon page um, account. You can go there and become a supporter. That's three bucks a month that right now um, through that you um get access to some videos that um you know the trains and our model or basically the model railroad kind of behind the scenes that no one else gets um plus like this episode when we're done with it it will be on up on patreon within 24 hours you won't have to wait till um like we're recording this episode now we've already got episode nine planning on coming out it will be out um tomorrow night or i should say saturday morning which is two days away um and then you this episode won't come out for basically another week where on patreon if you want the latest episode right now this will be out within 24 hours will be uploaded to patreon so um so yeah if if uh if you if you'd like to you know hey support us if you want to hear more as far as okay let's see i'd rather i want to but you know, um, let's get a few more episodes in perfectly fine. We get it folks. Um, unfortunately there's really, we don't have a review right now, um, of a particular product, but I know, uh, I had talked about this before. I believe it was episode two or three, whenever Robert was on last, um, uh, talking about soldering irons. So this is, uh, Kind of a review um but i back in the day i used a regular old soldering iron when you plug in it looks like a pencil so on and so forth um work fine um i recently upgraded based off of listening to a few people um to um uh an adjustable now some of you may already know this you know i mean or may already have one but um like i got mine off amazon I didn't even know what brand it was. It was like 50 bucks, I think 60 bucks. So really not that much more than a decent regular um, soldering iron. Now I still have my other soldering irons because sometimes you just can't get that into places, but um, look into getting an adjustable temperature, adjustable soldering iron. It's great for this hobby. Um, I turn like, as an example, I'll turn the temperature down. If I'm doing like fine, like decoder install, cause I'm using without looking 30 or 32 gauge wire for when I do my decoder installs. Um, so you don't want high heat because I mean, you can melt, almost melt the wire. Um, but then when I'm soldering my track, uh, joiners and, and soldering the, uh, leads to the track, I want a little bit higher because I want to be able to heat it up quickly get the solder in there and get the heat away before it melts, starts melting the ties and stuff. So 
Um, but look into that. If, if you've only used or you only have um, just the standard old soldering iron, um, there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not saying throw that away. Keep that. Um, but look into one of those uh, adju uh, temperature adjustable ones, whether it's uh, all built in one. The one I have actually is a base. Um, it's got the soldering iron lead that comes off. It's got a little stand on the side that has like uh, I, I, I keep two rolls of uh, solder on there. It came with a couple like helping hands. I don't have those on there because they're more of a pain on there. Um, but um, and then it has a little place that you keep the sponge, you know, a wet sponge so you can keep your tip clean and stuff. So I like I said, I without going back, I want to say I got mine off Amazon for between 50 and 60 bucks. Um, it's not a name brand one and it works really, really well. And I'm telling you, it heats up a lot quicker, too. So so there there's kind of a. Kind of a, re a review it's you know um and folks remember this is non-judgmental this is just what i well, this is from my point of view a regular guy doing model railroad stuff like the rest of you folks you're just regular people doing uh model railroad stuff and that's what this is about helping one another so um if you have any questions reach out to us model railroad talk at gmail.com um you can go to our website www.modelrailroadtalk.com or you can reach out through any of the platforms um and uh like i said uh we're mainly on spotify but we try to keep track of everything so if you don't hear from us within a few days um through the platform you listen to this on shoot us an email um at the you know model railroad talk at gmail.com and um yeah thanks for listening and we made it to episode 10 thank you for listening to our first achievement of and and of 10 episodes this is kind of cool so um thanks for listening folks um until then keep modeling keep your uh wheels upright on the tracks and be safe and don't do anything stupid like i just did and messed up the outro so Here's the outro. Be safe, folks. Um, thank you for your support.